are holy. You are king of all the earth. You are king, the possessor of heaven and earth. Heaven is too small to contain you, and earth cannot handle your glory, Lord. But we pray that you will show us mercy and grace, that your glory will fall in this house this morning, my God, that you will stand still by each one this morning, that you will touch them, change them, and deliver them, Lord. Set them free, my God, I pray. Let the word that's being preached this morning, Lord, let it become seed in their hearts. Let it fall on good ground this morning, Lord. Let them grow in your spirit, my God. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. You are the Alpha and the Omega, my God. You are the beginning and the end. We love you and we glorify you. Holy Spirit, this is your service this morning. We invite you in and we invite you to take complete control of every heart. Take control of my heart this morning, Holy Spirit. Take control of my mind, Lord. Take control of every part of me and do as you please this morning, I pray. And let each person in this place have the same prayer this morning. Let us become clay in the potter's hands this morning. We ask that you remold us, that you reshape us, Lord, and that you reuse us as vessels for your glory. We praise you and we thank you for showing up this morning. Show us your glory, Lord. Let us see you face to face. Let us see how wonderful you are. Let us taste and see that the Lord is good because you are good and your mercy endures forever. We glorify you. We magnify you, my King. Make our worship acceptable before the Father, we ask, Holy Spirit. Let us become pure in heart so that you can use us. We need you this hour, my God. Let us become holy and pure vessels this morning. Thank you for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Are you blessed to be in the house of God this morning? Who is excited for the coming of the Lord? Who is excited to go home to be with Jesus? You can smell it in the atmosphere, amen? We are this close to the coming of Jesus, this close. Do you know that prophecy is being fulfilled for the Armageddon already? So imagine how close the rapture is. And you still think it's worth sinning? Nah, nothing is worth keeping us from heaven, amen? So we have to deal with sin, amen? Now, I love politics. You know why? Because it just shows us how close we are to the coming of the Lord. Now, I want to tell Faith City, if you are in Faith City this morning, and you are not standing with Israel, I need you to get up and get out. Because this church will stand for Israel. Amen? We will not stand for the devil and his demons. We will not stand for anything less than Israel. And let me tell you, Jews' lives, they matter the most. You want to know why? Because my God is a Jew. And that makes me a Jew. Amen? Because I'm his seed. So, just so you know, if you do not stand for Israel, you're not welcome here. Amen? That's it. So, I want to speak about the church problem we have this morning. 
And this is not this church problem. This is the church around the world's problem. We have a problem and it's called a financial problem in the church. And that's not God's promises. That's not even according to God's word. If we look at how the first church started, they were all blessed because the Bible says in the book of Acts that none lacked among them. Today, all over, around the world, doesn't matter in which country you are, the church has lack. The church has a financial burden. And I ask God, why? Why does the world possess all the money, but the church doesn't? And it's unfair because we belong to the king of kings. And you know what God said to me? It's not a financial problem. The finances is there. It's a giving problem. The church has a giving problem. Because if we look at the book of Acts, when the church said, and none lacked among them, what did they do? They gave. They gave everything they had. And, the, and God said, they lacked nothing. So I want us to turn to the book of Malachi, verse 3. Uh, 3, verse 8 to 9. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Is that all? Okay. So we are cursed. Why? Because we are robbing God in tithes and offerings. You are robbing God, not only from him blessing you, but you are taking his money that already belongs to him. And you are, are, are holding on to it. So that is how you rob God. You are robbing God from blessing you. Abraham came on the scene. Amen. And he paid tithes to Melchizedek, which was who were the high priest. And he, he started that out of his own, paying tithes. God never told Abraham to pay tithes. It wasn't a commandment. It wasn't a law. He started it out of his own, paying tithes. Abraham taught that same method to Isaac, because Isaac started paying tithes. Isaac came, and he taught that same method to his son, Jacob, and they started paying tithes. God loved the fact that Abraham started paying tithes, that hundreds years later, Moses came on the scene, and God turned it into a law. Do you want to know why God made it a law? He was so pleased with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob paying tithes that the, fa the fact that the, the, the process that pleased God was not from them paying tithes, but from God to bless them because they were blessed. Amen? So God loved the fact that Abraham paid tithes, Isaac paid tithes, Jacob paid tithes, so he could bless them. Now, if you are called the heir of Abraham, and you are called the seed of Abraham. And we are, you know that song, Father Abraham has many sons. So Father Abraham is our father in the faith. So if Abraham taught it to his sons, that means he's teaching it to you today. And that you should follow the example of Abraham. Amen? So tithes and offerings is important. Not for God. God does not need your money. You need God's money. Amen? So you have, to be, you have to start sowing what you want to be reaping. Amen? I want you to, to turn to the book of um, Genesis 4, verse 3 to 8. 
And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up and against Abel, his brother, and killed him. This story here is the first ever story recorded in human history of an offering given and murder being committed. The first ever. Cain and Abel are Adam and Eve's sons. So these are the first offering story and the first murder. The first murder happened because of offering. Today, Satan is still killing the way you give. You want to know why? Because he does not want to see the church prosper. Because if the church prospers, this world will be turned upside down. So the fact that you do not, are not blessed financially over and above is not because God doesn't want you. It's your giving problem. Because look at Cain and Abel. Abel, God, Abel pleased God with his offering. Cain didn't. Everybody gives the Cain offering. It doesn't please God. If God knows you can give more, he knows more than you. Amen? If he's not pleased with your offering, that means you're not pleasing him. That's why you're not blessed over in abundance. Satan is still jealous of the way certain people give. And he's still killing the offering today. Because the church is in financial burdens. It's not a financial problem. The finances is out there. It's a giving problem. Luke 6.38, please. Give. I've, I've given this scripture so many times. But I'm going to give it a hundred more times until it becomes revelation to you. Give. This scripture is so hot in the Bible that it turns red. That's how hot this scripture is. This is Jesus' own words. Give. Give. It's not Jesus asking you. It's Jesus telling you. This is a commandment with a promise. Give and it shall be given. Fact. You can close your Bibles. If you don't give, you can't receive. Just a fact. If you do not give a give an offering that pleases God, you will still have financial burdens. The church is not allowed to have a financial burden. It's against the law. There's no scripture in the Bible. And I've read the Bible multiple times. There's no scripture that says a child of God should be poor. There's no scripture that proves that a righteous man must be poor. Not a preacher. And the preacher does not need your money. The preacher does not work for you. You not giving your tithes and offering is not going to make the preacher broke. It's going to make you broke. You will be broke. God is not asking you your money for, you, for him. He's asking you the money for you to be blessed. So if you do not give an offering that pleases God, South Africa, listen to me. You are in the worst country ever. We are in the worst country ever. The only way out is by giving. 
We are blessed, not because of your tithes and offerings. I could care less about your tithes and offerings. I'm blessed, I'm prosperous because of my tithes and offerings, because of the way I give. And I give an offering that pleases God because I will give. Vessel pays my salary and it goes. It's given, done. There's four different ways of giving in the Bible. Tithes, number one. This means you put God first with your salary. This means he is your source, not the, your job. Um, elm. An elm will not make you blessed. An elm is you lending to God to give to the poor. Tithes cannot go to your mother-in-law or your mother. She does not preach the gospel unless she's a preacher. Tithes needs to go to the place where you receive your spiritual food from, which is your church, your local church. Because if you read Malachi further, it says, bring your tithes so that there might be food in my house. Meaning the preacher can continue giving you food. Amen? That's what the offering tithes are for. The elm, for the poor. Then you get the offering. The offering is just because you love God. Isaac was an offering, not a tithe, not an elm. Isaac was, was supposed to be given as an offering. So that means it's something that hurts you a little because you love God more than what you have. If you do not give God what he expects of you, you, do, you serve your money. Money is your God. That's the only God that Jesus compared himself to. The only God, because today people worship money. Amen? And then you get first fruits. First fruits should be paid only once a year, and that's when you have received an increase from your job. That's when you pay your first fruit. An alm, you cannot ask God, Lord, I've given to the poor, so now I need a hundredfold. You will not get a hundredfold. If you give a hundred rand to a poor man, God will give you a hundred rand back. That's it. There's no blessing on an alm. There's only and you're only lending to God. So the only time you will receive a blessing is by tithes and offering. Offering is the only one that promises 160 and 30 fold. A tithe, God promises that he will rebuke the devourer for your sake and he will open up the windows of heaven for you. Amen? So God does not need your money. You need his money. It's his money, by the way. It's not your money. It's not your boss's money. It's his money. So we're only giving back to God what belongs to him. And South Africans, this is the only way we will make it in this nation, is by giving our way out. Isaac paid his tithes in the middle of the greatest famine in the world, and God blessed him. Joseph paid his tithes in the middle of a famine, and God blessed him. There's another famine coming. The governments are liars. Oh, a politician is like a question mark. They all walk skew. So they are all corrupt. There's another famine coming. And I'm telling you, start building your ark. So when you build your ark by giving your tithes and offering, you won't drown with the rest. You'll float up the water. Amen? Amen. Now, there's details on the screen for those who want to give electronically. Buckets in the front, a card machine in the back. Give an offering that pleases God this morning. Amen. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord? <coughs> I want to share uh, uh, something. Then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to minister two Sundays, if the Lord permits for me to minister this on two Sundays. I want to start to preach on the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. 
And there's a reason I preach on these things and teach on these things. You're going to hear me teach and preach both, but it's so needed in this hour. I want you to, for those of you that has been part of our ministry, part of this journey, uh, you will know that Vessel to Brain will never say anything unless God says it. What God is doing in the church in this hour is going to be a great purification happening. I'll tell you that what's, what's going on in the body of Christ in this hour, I don't think that the Lord is very much pleased. According to the scripture, Jesus Christ is coming back for a glorious church. Say with me, glorious. glorious. Come on, you can say it better than that. Glorious. glorious. A glorious church without spot and wrinkle. Now, if Jesus returns right now, I don't know for who is he returning because the church is not yet glorious. Let me, let me explain to you what I believe God is going to do. And there's a reason I say this. I'm building up to my message. I believe that there's a quick work going to happen in the body of Christ. Those who's playing with the gifts of God is going to be removed by force. God's going to cleanse the church. All right, I want you to understand something. If I am a preacher, warn you. Warning you is not church hurt. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe you this side hear me. If I warn you every single Sunday, it's not, you can't go home and say, you know, I've got church hurt, I'm not going back to church. Warning you is not a qualification as church hurt. Can you say amen if you're still here? If you know that you're wrong, now, let me just say this to you, that you can hop from church to church until you get a place where they tickle your ears and soothe your conscience. It does not take away the fact that you go into hell. For this very moment, you can feel great about your sinful nature, your sinful life, and the way that you think you serve God. But at the end of the day, every single person is going to give accountability before the great I am. And in that day, you will not be judged according to your own standard. We will be judged according to God's standards. Mark my words. There's a purification coming. You know, prophecy, if I hear prophecy today, I laugh at what I hear. Most prophets is not prophets. Most people that prophesy, prophesy. You know what I've got against? Paul says all can prophesy. All should not prophesy. Can I say that one more time? All can prophesy. All should not prophesy. I don't, I don't receive a word just from any person. If I receive a word from God, from a man, I have to know that that man is walking with God and he has not had a feeling to give me something. Oh, come on now. God speaks. So God is going to clean the church. Say amen. amen. And what God's going to do with the church in the final hour is God's going to take the spirit. He's going to take his word and combine the two. And it's going to be a powerful force. Miracles will happen. The word will pierce through the hearts of men. Mark my words. There will be people that has been going to church for years that will no longer go to church. They will lose their love for God. They will adapt and adopt the love of the world, but they will hate God. They will hate these commandments. They will hate these laws. But God is about to raise up an army that cannot be shaken, that cannot be moved, that walk by faith and not by sight, for He's coming back for a glorious church. Now, I want, to, I want to touch your mind a little bit. I want to touch on your mind a little bit this morning. And I want to change what you believe. You can have, believe what you can do, believe of who you are. Now, Mark, write this down very quickly before I'm going to get to the word. You become what you give power to in your fourth life. You become what you give power to in your fourth life. So what you think most on and about is what you become. The scripture says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Say hallelujah if you're still here. 
Now, I want you to, to understand something. Let me just do this. I've done this many times in this church, but I'm going to do this again. I, as a servant of the Most High God, stand here this morning, and I declare to you that God's will shall be done. It shall bypass the opinion of man. I'm here declaring to you in the name of Jesus that sickness is illegal. Disease is illegal. Lack is illegal. Poverty is illegal. This morning I declare fear over your life is illegal. You've been in bondage for far too long and I'm here canceling it by the power and the authority of the Most High God. In Jesus' mighty name. Put your hand on your, on your head very quickly. I, I rebuke every limitation that has been placed upon your mind. From this morning you will become unlimited and unstoppable. God shall do it through you. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. I heard somebody say the other day, I hate the prosperity gospel. And I was shocked. Because I would have applauded if somebody wrote, I hate the poverty gospel. Now, I don't want to go to that church because they just speak about money. Well, let me just be the first to say, don't message the church and say, please pray for financial breakthrough because you will have no financial breakthrough. In, in, in actual fact, if you don't believe in prosperity, go to hell. You're not going to like heaven. Oh, it's, it's quiet now. You're not going to like heaven. I'm here going to shake you to your core this morning. I want to preach on the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. And I'm going to start off with the kingdom of heaven. First of all, to understand the kingdom of heaven, you have to realize what a kingdom is all about. A kingdom is a government. Say government. Now, there's a difference between a kingdom and a democracy. They say South Africa is a democracy. I don't believe that no more. Okay, so I'm going to use the USA as an example. The USA is a democracy. We are the people for the people. In other words, we, we vote who we want in power. And if your term is done, you're out. Hello? We choose the laws. It's a democracy. But in the kingdom, there's no democracy. The king's laws and rules is established forever and forever. Okay, in a democracy, we all vote. We all vote. Abortion is the way. Abortion is the way. In the kingdom of God, he says, no murderer shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. Do you understand this? In a democracy, we say that men can marry men and woman can marry woman. But in the kingdom of God, says, God says, male and female, anything other than that, is a disgrace in the eyes of God. Are you following me right now? So you understand the kingdom of God is not a democracy. In other words, God's not worried about your opinion. Oh, this isn't fair. God's not asking you. Have you heard God ask you whether you are for his laws or against his laws? You're not, a, you're not for his laws. You're going to go to hell. And hell is not a cuss word, okay? It's a destination. But did you know that the kingdom of heaven is a literal place? Now, the ki a kingdom has got a king that rules the kingdom. Now, follow me. You better follow me right now. A kingdom is also called, called a, a monarchy. What does this mean? It means that you have to be born in this family. 
They don't just take people from the street or from the prison and make them president. Oh, let me speak to you right now. They have to be born. Come forth from the bloodline. Are you following me? So Jesus Christ is not just the king of Jews, the Jews. Let me just tell you this right now around the world. Jesus Christ is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's not just the king of the Jews. He's the king of the ages. So in other words, to be a king, it means that he had to be born in the lineage, in the monarchy of this kingdom. Are you following me? Now what Jesus says, he says, a man must be born again. In other words, the day I became born again, I entered the monarchy. Ah, oh, come on now. What does it mean? Now suddenly, I am born as a king. I've got the blood of royalty flowing through my veins. I'm no longer a slave. I, come on, I'm no longer second to great. I am a king and my father is the king of kings and the lord of lords. Shout glory if you believe that. Are you following what I'm telling you? Jesus says unless a man is born again, he will never inherit the kingdom of heaven. So what does this mean in plain English? If you're not born again, your whole lifestyle changed. You will not be saved. You can sit in church. If Jesus is only your Savior, but not your Lord, you've got big troubles. Because it means that if He's only your Savior, it means you need somebody that will redeem you from hell. But you reject His laws. Jesus says if you break one commandment, you've broken them all. Okay, are you following me? So we have to understand, first of all, what is a kingdom about? So a kingdom is, has a government, and he's got one that rules and reigns, king and a queen. So you can only be born into it or marry into it. Now, according to the scripture, there will be a, a marriage in heaven. How many of you know that? So not am I only born into the family, I will also be married <laughs> into the family. Are, are you here? Say amen if you're still awake. So now, I want you to understand something. The word kingdom means this. A king with dominion. Kingdom, king, and dom, dominion. The king has dominion. Please say with me, dominion. Say that again. Now, I've realized this, that God made Adam and Eve, placed them in the Garden of Eden, and get, this is God's plan. I want to dwell with man forever. Man don't have to work. They don't have to go into the, the, the earth and work hard. You know how powerful this was, that, that God says that I put man in charge. If you study the book of Genesis, I, I, I taught you this before, but the first thing that God did was when he created man, he blessed him, and then he gave him dominion over everything. Paul even comes later on in Scripture and he says, everything is yours. So everything belongs to the church, not to the world. To the church. Like Eileen said, there's not a problem with money. There's plenty of money. The problem is in the wrong hands. And the reason is those that are supposed to sow never sows, and so they never get. Which quiet again. But yes, God's plan was to dwell with man so that man can live basically in a place called Eden. But basically, if you study Eden, it's a replica of heaven, of paradise. Everything that was found in Eden, you will find later on in the book of Revelation that's represented in heaven. 
So in other words, what God was saying, I'm bringing heaven to earth, and I'm dwelling with man on the earth. God was not in heaven and Adam on the earth. Read the Bible. God was walking among them. God's perfect plan for man. But we understood one thing, that when sin came, do you know what happened? Yes, Adam, and he blamed his wife. Adam was guilty, but yet he turned to his bride, to his wife, and he blamed her. The second Adam came, yet not guilty, and he refused to blame his bride. He says, I'm guilty as charged. My bride, come on, my wife is innocent. We are that one the Bible speaks about. Now, just follow me quickly. I'm going to get to a, a good part just now. So, Jesus came to earth to come and set up a kingdom that the first Adam lost. Adam lost the dominion. He lost the authority. What did the Lord say to him? God said to him, now, because of your disobedience, you're going to have to work hard. The ground shall be cursed. If you study the book in Genesis, it says, the ground will have thorns in it. Thorns, cursed. But do you know what the Bible says? Cursed is the man that hangs on a tree. Okay, in plain English. Cursed is the man who's crucified. So scripture says that Christ took my curse. The curse of lack, sickness, poverty, disease. And it was nailed on Calvary's cross. By the way, he took the crown of thorns. That Adam was supposed to work in. He took on his head. And now he says, I give you all the dominion. What you give power to in your fourth life is what you become. Now I'm born again, right? Now I have to think different. I have to act different. I have to speak different. I have to talk different. There's so much I need to say, but for time's sake, I'm going to try to keep it short. So Jesus comes in the book of Matthew chapter 6, and for every religious demon, I command you to hear me right now. Jesus came and he taught him how to pray, and this is what he says. He says, in this manner you pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can I say that again? Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. And your will be done. Exactly what I have seen in heaven. Let that manifest on the earth. Let your perfect will in heaven be the perfect will on the earth. Now Jesus came and he spoke on this. John spoke on these things. And they had glimpses. John had glimpses in the revelation of heaven. Did you know that Paul says this in Corinthians? He says that 14 years ago, there was a man. He was that man, by the way. He didn't want to say, I, Paul, went to heaven because he didn't want to boast. Paul went to heaven. He said, whether I was in the spirit or whether I was in the flesh, I've got no idea. But I have seen some stuff that I cannot explain in human words. You will not believe me. Some of you will lose your faith in God because you will say it is impossible. How can this be? They spoke about a better country. Say better. Better. Thank God in heaven there's no load shedding. That devil is in hell. No load shedding in heaven. 
Now, Jesus comes and he says the following thing. He says, in my father's house, I love this, in my father's house, there are many mansions. Okay, I want you to say mansion. Now, do me a favor. If you, if you look at the earth, the earth is God's taste. You drive past mountains. I was in, I think, the, one of the most beautiful places that I've seen in America. It's called Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. For those of you who do not know, Dolly Parton's got Dollywood in Pigeon Forge. But it's the most beautiful scenery of mountains that I've seen in my life. It looks fake. Okay, it looks fake. So some, something like heaven about. It's, it's not normal to have this, this kind of thing on the earth. So long story short, it's so beautiful. So in heaven, there's mountains. But a mountain, most beautiful mountain that you've seen on the earth does not match, cannot comprehend what is in heaven. So if, you, if Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. He says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. Now listen to me, every single spirit of Judas mansions, not chaos, mansions, not trailer parks, mansions. Oh, money is so evil. Then stop working. Stop working. Stay at your home and just die. Money is not evil. Please show me in the Bible where the Bible says money is evil. The love of money is the root of evil, not money in itself. A man that loves God with all of his heart cannot love money more. Do you understand this? If money is so bad, why are there mansions in heaven? Mansions. Now, think about the biggest mansion that you've seen on this earth. Think about it, quickly. Think about it. See it in your mind's eye. It does not match. <laughs> no, you didn't hear me. It does not match what the mansions in heaven looks like now according to the scripture if you don't believe this to read your bible once in a while john 14 says there's mansions mansions now i know there's people that speaks nonsense you know the mansion is spoken about jesus please grow up he's not a mansion he's a man he's god if he says in his word that there's a mansion waiting for me. Now, I want you to listen to me. My God, I, I hope you hear me right now. I was in prayer. Sitting in America, I was in prayer. And in my mind's eye, my mind or my spirit eye, however you want to call it, started wondering about heaven. And hear me. In my mind's eye, I saw paradise. And I'm looking around and I think to myself, it's so beautiful. Look at the colors, look at the peace, experience. The, I, I, I was on a trip. Yes, the most blessed, beautiful place where peace rules and reigns. And suddenly I look up and I see there's a city. And the city's got gates and the city has got these walls. And, the, and I'll, I'll, I'll show you now in scripture, but the most beautiful city I've seen in my life. And as I gazed over the walls, I saw the throne of God reaching up to the sky. And I said, wow, I want to be there. It's so beautiful. And as I said, it's so beautiful. I saw Jesus standing like this. I saw him and I realized this is what heaven is all about. It's not about the mansion. I'm not going to heaven because there's a mansion waiting for me. I'm going to heaven because the Son of God is waiting for me.
Oh, this guy's too excited. Grow up. Maybe you must become excited in South Africa. Will not be this dump, young man. We've got a, a stupid generation that thinks that they can play God and run to God when God needs them. I'll tell you, you can mock me. You can mock him. Your knee shall bow. This preach is nasty. You mess with me, you mess with the fire of the living God. This preacher wants the secret place more than the podium. I love, I breathe the glory of God. And I'll tell you right now, you can mock this until Jesus returns. Your knees shall bow. You think you're a man right now? You will be a sissy in his presence. Have mercy tonight. You mock my servants. You mock my word. Why did he become so angry? Because the spirit of God is grieved. Grieved. Three o'clock last night, I woke up. I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say this. I didn't even sleep much, so I made coffee for my wife. And while I was walking in, something grabbed my throat. I knew it's the spirit of fear. I saw South Africa. I said, Lord, this nation has got no idea what's coming for them. <laughs> no idea. Paul says this in the book of Colossians. In him, we live, we move, we have our being. I'll tell you right now, the only way for this nation is out is to be in him. Close to the king of glory. If you think that the money in your bank is going to save you in this hour, you'll lose it like this. We'll have to have a renewed life, love for the king of glory. When I saw that glimpse of Christ standing like this, I realized I'm not going to heaven for the peace, the joy, the mansions. I'm not even going for my reward. My reward is seeing him. My reward is being with him. That's my reward. Are you following me? 3,000 people has been murdered. Excuse me. 7,000 people has been murdered in three months in South Africa because the alcohol bottle is more important than church. Rugby is more important. I am shocked as I saw how thousands of people ran next to a bus with men that can't do anything for their salvation, but yet the churches is empty. For the love of the joy of the world. Because the Springboks has won the World Cup. Please. Thank God I don't watch that rubbish. If you watch it and you feel condemned, that's your business, not mine. I'm not condemning you for watching rugby. I'm telling you, I'm not watching rugby. Now, if you can shout for 15 men running after the ball that won a trophy, why can't we shout for the King of Glory? that took the sin of the world upon him. I didn't want to get off my message, but I felt a holy anger hit me. And I know that God is speaking. And I know it's time to wake up. And I know after this we'll get messages and people will say, you know, I don't feel a belonging in that church. I need to go some, Go somewhere where they tickle your ear. I'm not going to see you in hell. You go. Church. I need somebody to say, Pastor, hit me hard. Because I want to see you over there. 
I want to see you across the river. I want to see you. Come on at the throne of God. I want to see you at the feet of the king. And let me just tell you this. I believe this with all my heart. God looks at your style right now on the earth. And he says, oh, he likes palm trees. Okay, we have palm trees. Gabriel, come more palm trees, more palm trees. When you get to heaven, it's to your liking. No renovations, no dust. You walk in. Look at this. You're not going to look at your man's like this. You're going to look like this. Like this. Did you know not everybody will receive the same reward in heaven? Did you know that? Did you know there's five different crowns that people will receive in heaven? Did you know there will be people standing in front of the Lord and he will say, go away. I don't know you. If you look at a, <laughs> at a funeral, I think the most preachers that preach at the funeral will go to hell. This was a lovely man. A good man. He beat his wife occasionally. Cheated her. Drank like a drunken sailor. But he's in a better place. They've got no idea about the kingdom of heaven. So, according to the scripture... These mansions. Now, I, you don't have to believe that. That's, that's fine. I saw God showed me mansions in heaven. And he called me and he says, come up here. And I said, Lord, please, I have a few more work to do for you. And the second time I heard him say, come up here. I'm gazing at the mansions. And I knew that's my mansion. I knew that's the place that God has prepared for me. Let me tell you, my mansion's already right. It's, it's there. It's done. God's not working on my mansion. My mansion is waiting for me. Are you following me? So there's mansions. Say with me, mansions. Now what did Jesus say? Your will be done where? On the earth as it is where? In heaven. So is it God's will for you in this life to be prosperous? If you don't believe that, read, just read the Bible. There's a mansion waiting for you in heaven. Can I tell you something? Nobody's paying for it. Okay. According to the scripture, heaven is a place of supernatural joy and peace. I mean, you, you can't say joy in this earth. You don't have an understanding of the perfect joy that you will experience when you get to heaven. Okay, please just please help me. Get your minds ready now. The joy, the peace that is moving there. But what Jesus is saying. I don't want you to come to heaven and experience joy only over here. I don't want you to experience peace only over here. He wants you to have joy in this life, peace in this life, not hardships. Are you following me? Not hardships. God doesn't want you to go home and have nitty-gritty issues with your spouse. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. You have to go home and it should be a haven of peace, a haven of joy, a haven of love. You have to walk into Eden and say, wow, it's like heaven here. It's not in a, in a I want to I help you out. You, how many of you want to go to heaven? Did you know that the Bible says if you want to make it to heaven, you have to be quick to forgive. You have to be a peacemaker. Husbands and wives, you shouldn't fight and say, I'm not saying sorry. I'll show him. No, you have to. Uh, you are an ambassador of Christ Almighty. You have to forgive because God requires that of you. Whether you're right, whether you're wrong, so what? Do you know that you're going to stand before God for how you treated your help 
Your spouse is your helper, not your maid. Your helper. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory be to the Lamb. Did you know in heaven, nobody at this moment in time is sick? Okay, let me show you something. There's a lot of people, they mean well, they love the Lord with all of their hearts, they serve Him faithfully, but they don't believe that He can heal them now. So they die with sickness and disease, and they enter in heaven, and suddenly, oh, there's no pain, there's no cancer, there's no TB. Suddenly, there's a brand new body. Sickness has died. But Jesus says, how many of you realize this? Jesus started healing people on the earth. He says, go and tell the kingdom of God is at hand. He says, if you see them being healed, you know the kingdom is here. So part of God's kingdom plan in this life is for you to be without sickness. I want you to understand this. You are an eternal being. If your body has cancer, you don't have cancer. Okay, let me say that again. You don't have the cancer. You are an eternal being. Your tent has got some checkups to do. But the spirit man must overrule the natural man. The spirit man must preach. I was, when I was in America, there was a, a, a preacher that he's got a testimony that he, he had cancer. The most severe case of cancer I've seen in my life. Limbs. Every, I mean lumps and his lumps and everything's full of cancer. He walked like this. He was a skinny man, but because of the growths. He told me this. He said, we prayed. And he said, every morning I woke up and the lumps was bigger. He says, at the point where the doctor says he's going to die. He says, cancer, because you don't want to get out of my body, I'll preach Jesus to you every single day. He says he'll stand in the mirror and he'll proclaim the gospel, the power of the blood of the Lamb. When they pushed him into the hospital for him to die, everything died in him. And God rose him from the, from the basically from the dead. Because healing is in the promise of God for your life. I don't care from which denomination you come from that teaches you different. My Bible says that Jesus healed them all. By his stripes, you are healed. Shout, I'm healed. So in heaven, in the kingdom of God, there are mansions. Say mansions. Huge homes. Hallelujah. There's great joy. There's great peace. Please listen to me. My vocabulary is too limited to explain what heaven is like. I know a preacher that died and on his deathbed, he came out of the coma. He grabbed his wife's hand. He started crying. He says, he says, mortal tongue cannot express what I've seen. It's too beautiful. So in other words, so the kingdom of heaven is a beautiful place. But Jesus came and teached don't wait until you get there. I'm bringing the atmosphere of heaven down. So now, right now, I can be prosperous. I can be happy. I can be joyful. Woo! I can be healthy. My body can be renewed. 
I'm here declaring to somebody that wants to believe this. When you are 86, 87, 90, 100, 120, and you think this is time for me to get out, then on your word, you'll leave this earth. Not on sickness, not on disease, come on, not on the devil's words, not on the doctor's report, but based on the word of God. You shall live and not die. Are you still excited? Now, let me, if, if, if the message of heaven isn't moving you, I'm worried. I'm so worried. There's many people that believe this is heaven right now. Mark, stay. Stay. This is not heaven. This is not a touch. This world is filled with stain, the stain of sin. What's coming? Ooh, it's better than you can ever imagine. Paul says, I have not seen. Nor has ear heard, nor has entered the man's heart the things that God has prepared for those who love him. You can't even imagine what's going on in heaven right now. You've got no idea. Can I go on? Did you know, according to the scripture, there will be no more sorrow, no more pain. He himself will dry the tears from the eyes. In other words, God doesn't want you to have sorrow and pain in this life. Why do you want to carry something that Jesus took on him? So you bring me closer to the Lord. Can I tell you what brings you closer to the Lord? Your prayer life. Your surrender. Not sickness. Not lack. That, okay. I don't want to say that. I'm going to say this now. And I'm going to say this next week again. Paul says, we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. What is an ambassador? An ambassador, I'm going to use the USA again. They sent somebody that has received the highest authority next to the president to a foreign nation to represent. In other words, they sent him to South Africa. So the ambassador of the USA represents the, not the president alone, the whole nation. I heard a powerful thing. If you slap the vice president, you slap a man. When you slap an ambassador, you slap a whole nation. Okay, now. God sends us from another world, another kingdom, as ambassadors. So in other words, I'm in South Africa as an ambassador of Christ our Lord. Now you didn't, you didn't hear me, you didn't hear me. I'm an ambassador, so what does it mean? I represent the kingdom of God on the earth. You touch me, you touch the whole kingdom. An ambassador is put in a nation. He doesn't pay for anything. Did you know most ambassadors is not even allowed to drive? They've got drivers. The nation pays for them. Let me go on. Did you know that in most nations they can't even prosecute an ambassador? I hope you catch this in the spirit. I am an ambassador of Christ. I cannot be prosecuted in his kingdom. Now you don't hear me. When I stand before him, I am his ambassador. As an ambassador, the country that you represent pays for you. Shall glory. You don't have to pay anything. But yet you have received the authority. So you represent the president. 
And the whole nation. Go look at an ambassador. Most of them has got an embassy. Now follow me quickly. Did you know, if this is the embassy of the United States, they build it in South Africa. The land, the country South Africa belongs to South Africa. But the embassy belongs to the USA. In other words, if a citizen of the United States is in danger in South Africa, even to the point where they want to prosecute them, the minute he gets into the embassy, he is no longer in the hands of South Africa. He's now in the hands of the United States. So what do I try to tell you? I am an embassy of the kingdom of God. Wherever I go, his embassy goes. Shout glory to the Lamb. Say, I am an ambassador of Christ. So I represent him on the earth. Okay, now, if you represent the king of all kings, did you know that King Charles will bow before the king of kings? Okay, so if you, if you represent that king, what makes you think that you are representing him as an ambassador when you broke, sick, no joy, no love? I command you in the name of Jesus to come out. You look like this world. Look at an ambassador. You'll never find him looking like this world. He represents. Oh, come on now. Oh, yes, I don't like this message. Close your ears. I'm telling the church, he's not coming back for a broken church. There's people in heaven. I know some of them in heaven right now. That's standing there right now and says, I am angry at myself. Look at all this. I've worried how to pay my electricity bill. Say, I'm an ambassador of the kingdom of God. Say it again. Now, let's go to the book of Revelation quickly. Revelation 21, okay? Revelation 21. I'm almost there. Do you enjoy this? I need to preach on the kingdom of heaven before I get to the kingdom of, of God so that you understand how a kingdom operates. And what is in heaven? What does heaven look like? What is waiting for me when I get to heaven? You see, many people right now in this earth is busy preparing for the next holiday. Schools that is closing, right? Kids is going on holiday. Maybe you're going to go to the ocean. Nice. You plan everything. But how many people is really, really prepared for eternity? Before I'm going to read you this, did you know what Jesus said? Jesus said the following. Unless your righteousness surpasses the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. To understand what is a scribe and a Pharisee, scribes was law writers. They written down the law. Pharisees were, were, were religious people. And the only view was, how can I please God? How can I please God? How can I please God? Now Jesus says this, unless you are more righteous than them, you will never get to heaven. So you're thinking that you can still fornicate, oh, it's quiet now, and get you to heaven. You are on your way to hell. Now, I want to help you again. I've said this a million times. What is fornication? You sleep with a man or a woman that's not your spouse. You can live 40 years in the same home. If you're not married, you are a fornicator. That's it. If you don't want to leave them, marry them. 
You still have a, an affair outside your marriage. He says, unless you're righteousness. You still love money more than you love God. Let me tell you how you know that you love money more than God. You're not a giver. Number one. You're not a giver. You love money more than you love God. Fact. Because your faith, your security, your hope, your trust is in money. Number two, you know that you love money more than God. That when you attack every time that there's offering going. Oh, money again. You've just proven a point that you love mammon. Okay, here's Holy Ghost. In a kingdom, nothing belongs to the citizens. Follow me. The king gives all the resources to the citizens for the expansion of the kingdom. In other words, when you are in the kingdom of God, your salary is not yours. Your time is not yours. Your spouse is not yours. Come on, your children is not yours. Your time is not yours. It all belongs to the, to the king. If you, if you just follow what I'm saying, I believe that God can change your financial life all around. All around. So, follow me now. In the book of Revelation 21, can I read for you? Let me just double check on the verse that I want because it's a long portion. Are you still awake? In the book of Revelation 21 and verse 9, he says, Then one of the seven angels who had seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. Pause there and look at me. Listen to what the angel said. Come, let me show you the bride, the lamb's wife. What he will see next is not people. He sees a city. In other words, we always say that we are the bride of Christ. Basically, we're not the bride. <laughs> we are the body. The bride is the new Jerusalem. The body and the bride will come together and live in the new Jerusalem. Are you following me? Okay, let's go. Let me, let me show you this again. I will show you, come I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. And he showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. So what does he say? Let me show you the bride, the lamb's wife, the holy city, Jerusalem. Now he takes him into heaven on a great and high mountain. It means in heaven there's great and high mountains. And as he stood on the high mountain, he said, look, look at that city that is adorned as a bride for her husband. I'm almost there. Let's go. Having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Now, in other words, when they saw, when you get to heaven, the first thing when you see the city, it will look like a jasper stone. God's not into prosperity. But heaven, if you get there, bang, the city illuminates crystal clear light. Like a jasper stone. What don't you understand about that? Come on, what doesn't the heretics understand about that? The owner of heaven is not poor. I like the three that he shouting. Because now you'll go into another dimension of revelation and faith where God can trust you because your eyes have been enlightened to the truth of God's word. 
I'm not telling you that the only thing we're living for is money. You're stupid, you live for money. We live for Christ. But he says, while you're an ambassador, I'll take care of you. How many of you realized when Jesus called the 70 to him, he sent them out two by two. And then what did he say? He says, don't take money bags. Don't take extra clothing. Wherever you go, it shall be provided for you. Why? You're an ambassador of the kingdom of God, and I will take care of you. This is what I love. What I said, I thank God. And I said to the Lord, the one day I said, Lord, look at the giving. Look at people's giving. How can I keep a church open with their giving? I heard the Lord say to me, your future is not based on their giving. Your future is based on your giving. Thank God for that revelation. Because the owner of heaven is not poor. I've seen poor preachers that lose their homes. Children out on the street. What glory does God get? When those children turn their back on God and say, my, good, my daddy's God could not provide. We lost everything. I'm asking you, what honor is there in a minister that can't preach the gospel to where the gospel is supposed to be preached? Now, they said the gospel is free. It is. But to preach it costs money. I don't go to, to American Airlines and say, hello, I'm a preacher. I fly for free. You pay your way. Wherever we travel, I charge no man nothing. I travel on my own expense. Some stupid guy said the other day, oh, he's going to America for money. Can I ask you a simple question? If you have an IQ, South Africa, one dollar is 19 rand. It means if I go there, I pay 19 times more. I pay my own hotel rooms for all of us. I pay accommodation for all of us. Our food, everything is on us. I charge no churches nothing when I get there. Why is that? Because the owner of heaven is not poor. I'm not a hireling. I'm a servant of the Most High God. I've seen God send me to places where I didn't even thought. Then when I get there, there's the provision that I, that I walk into. And I say, what can this be? I didn't plan this, Lord. I didn't plan this, but because of your faithfulness, because of your obedience, I'll take care of you. I've done some crazy stuff in the USA when I was there. Crazy stuff. Your mind can't comprehend it, maybe. In faith, and then God backs it up. Because the king is not broke. Say amen. So look at this. See it in your mind's eye. The great city. Also, she had a great and high wall and 12 gates. Twelve angels at the gates and the names written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. Obviously, there's three gates, east, west, north, south. Now, the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them there were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city. So he started laying out the measurements. Now, listen to verse 18. He says, the construction of its walls. Now, you're not even in the city now. You're standing outside the city, looking upon the city. Number one, it looks like a jasper stone. It radiates the light. Like you can't think of, you, you can picture jasper right now, but it's not the jasper in heaven. It's pure. Do you follow? And listen to what he says now. The city, uh, uh, excuse me, he says the construction of its wall was of jasper. The city was pure gold, like clear glass. The whole city 
In other words, there's no brick and mortar. Every building, every mansion is pure gold. It's so pure. You can't find that kind of pure in this world. So pure, it looks like see-through glass. You want to tell me that God is not into prosperity? You want to tell me God's will for you right now is not to live in abundance? I'm sick and tired of seeing the church not living in abundance. I'm sick and tired of hearing people emailing messages. Please help me. Pray for me. I don't know what to do. I've got compassion for them, but there's something wrong. Our mentalities have taught us God is happy when you're broken poor. I grew up that preachers should not have a car. They must walk. Oh, so everybody else can have a car, but not a preacher. I stood in this own church where people were speaking about me without them noticing that I know what they said. Our pastor will never drive that car. We refuse. I said, thank God I don't work for you. You have to, uh, be careful. God can take your car and give it to me. Oh, be very careful. Oh, he won't do that. Read the Bible. He says, if I share spiritual food with you, you're supposed to share all your materialistic things with me. That's what the Bible says. But I'm going to leave that for now. I'll have a walk after the service between, in between the cars. And I'll say, Deanna, Deanna, Deanna. All right, sir. I just want to show you quickly what's waiting for us. But not just over there. Jesus says, if you have lost homes, family, for the gospel's sake, in this life, I will give you back a hundredfold and the life to come, and then with that, eternal life. So Jesus is no way saying, wait until you get there. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Say amen. Okay, so verse 19. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first was jasper. Now, I'm talking about the foundations. Do you know what we use in, for foundation in South Africa? Concrete. Concrete. Now, if I use concrete as a foundation, I don't build on gold, right? I build on a concrete foundation. Am I right? But now the Bible says God has not built on concrete. He has built on precious stones. Why would He do that? Because those precious stones is so low in currency in heaven that God can only use that to build on. Are you listening to me? It's called precious stones. There's certain stones on this earth right now that no man can afford. It's too precious. But heaven's got more precious stones than that. And God says, I built a city on it. Are you, are you catching what I'm telling you? You've got no idea what you're about to see when you get to heaven. So it goes on to say this. I, I'm going to try to finish up. He says, there's all kinds of precious stones. Um, the first foundation was jasper. The second, sapphire. It's all in heaven. Chalcedony, emerald. Sardonic, sardius. Chrysolite, beryl, topaz. Chrysoprase, jacinth, and amethyst. That's all in heaven. And that's just a foundation of the city. Can you say amen? amen? Now let me go on and show you something else. The 12 gates were 12 poles. Each individual gate was one pole. So now you get to heaven, there's 12 gates. You look up to this gate like this. It's one solid pearl. 
Go buy your wife's bills on the earth. It's money. But the Bible says there's 12 in heaven, and each one of them is as a big gate that leads into a city. And it's a solid pill. Please tell me again, when was heaven broke? Please tell me again how God hates prosperity. My Bible says that wealth and riches is in the house of the righteous. My, my Bible says if you live holy before God, God will take off the world and give it to you. That's my Bible. My Bible says given it shall be given. If, if money is so bad, why does God give you the power to get it? He says, I give you the power to get wealth. If money is bad and God's willful is not to have money on the earth, why does God give you the power to walk in abundance? You see, let me tell you why most people are not walking in abundance. Because to walk in abundance means you're going to have to have a change, a renewal of your mind. A renewal of the mind does not just help you think different, but it brings ideas to you. It makes you a risk taker. God puts a, a dream in your heart for starting your own business. And you say, no, I can never do that. God is giving you the idea. Change your mindset. Get up and make money and prosper. Can I just tell you something? If, if you're a business person in this building, I want to speak to you just a second. If your business in this hour is still your business, you can say goodbye. But hear my words. If your business belongs to God, you're not going to have enough time. To get to all the business. It's going to flood in this hour. I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says it. God's coming back for a glorious church. If you work for a boss, if, you're, if, if, if that's what you do, you just work for the boss. But you don't work for the king. What do you mean you work for the king? The job that you have is given because of his grace and his mercy. So everything that you do, the Bible says, do it unto the Lord. And then God will bless you. Give you increase in your job like you've never seen before. Say hallelujah. Okay, so now, each, each pole, please, can you see it? Can you just picture this in your mind? Each gate, a solid pole. Wow. Listen to this. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. If there's 12 gates, it means there's 12 main cities, or, or main streets rather, that goes into the city. And it is not tar road. It's not asphalt. It's pure gold. Now, in South Africa and the rest of the world, people kill for gold. It's a high commodity. Okay? Everybody says, buy gold, buy gold, buy gold. God says, heaven is so rich that I use that as a walkway. Because there's no asphalt. There's no tar. I'm using what the world says is one of the highest commodities. It's a proven fact that in heaven is not one of the highest commodities. Now, if this message is not for you, again, I, I, with all the love in my heart, close your ears. Don't go to heaven because you're going to see this stuff in heaven. You're going to see it. It's going to be there. My father-in-law, he was the, one of the men that I know that everything before you buy it, he checks that price seven times. When he travels with me, we eat somewhere, we buy fish and chips. And he will say, 80 rand for fish and chips. No waste, no waste. He will go to the ocean and he will catch something by himself. I promise you. 
grab muscles, make his own muscles. He says, I'm not paying 80 bucks for fish. I said, you're not paying, I am paying. I took him somewhere the one day he needed pluckies. It was 100 rand. He says, are you crazy? I'm not paying 100 bucks. He paid 18 rand. But right now, he's in heaven. And he's standing like this. Look at all the wealth. Look at the streets of gold. Look at Jesus. And I think to myself many times, he's angry at himself. I fought about a hundred rand KFC. Look in heaven. Everything is for free. Everything is beautiful. Right there, I can tell you this, he's mad at himself. Why didn't I believe for God's will in heaven, on the earth? Why didn't I believe that he's a good God? If you know me personally, my children is my everything. I will do anything for my kids. This is how God feels about us. He will do anything for us. Anything. Look at that. That's a gate, okay? Look at the wall. Precious stones. The foundations, precious stones. And then one gate, a solid pearl. Look at the foundations of the city. The whole city, pure glass. Or, or, or see-through, it seems like see-through glass, but gold. In the purest form. Ah, oh, hallelujah. Say with me, hallelujah. Heaven is a place of abundance. Please say abundance. Say that again, abundance. Come on, one more time. You know, the country that I come from, nobody's poor there. Every single person in my country is rich. There's no man poor in my country. They say, aren't you born in South Africa? No, I'm just an ambassador here. I am born from a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Where Christ is the King Supreme. Hallelujah. Where we love Him and serve Him faithfully. And releases His will on the earth for God's people. And I can tell you, no man in heaven right now has got a burden of a day. Nobody walk in heaven sad, depressed, defeated. No man in heaven right now worries about what you will wear and what I will eat. They will know that those things, the Gentiles, the unbelievers sought for these things. In heaven, nobody is poor. There's more than enough. In heaven, they walk in and they realize everything that I've dreamed about is here and more. There's nobody that walks there with a lump. Nobody's blind. Nobody's deaf. There's no cancer eating on people. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no more sin stain. Listen to me. There's no more death. In heaven, there's no more goodbyes. We're never going to say goodbye to anybody in heaven. It's a place of supernatural joy, supernatural peace. What makes heaven heaven? Heaven is not heaven because of paradise. It's not because of the city. It's not because of the throne. Heaven is heaven because of the Lamb of God. Now, if I have the Lamb of God, and I serve Him with all of my heart, I can produce heaven wherever I am. I don't have to wait until I get there. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. 
Now my God says I'm a good man. Therefore now you're no longer part of the curse of the law. But the blessing of Abraham, your father in the faith, is on your life. In other words, when God blessed Abraham, he had me and he had you in mind. In heaven right now, right at this second, there's songs. There's only one instance where the scripture speaks on these tears in heaven. Only once. Is where those who's been martyred in the tribulation stands before the throne. And the Bible says Jesus himself will wipe the tears from their eyes. Do you know why? They are thankful that they are saved. Uh, and I want to finish up with this. You, you better get back to your first love very quickly. You, you have to. You have to get back to your first love. You have to deal with sin. You have to get rid of sin. No, listen to me. You're not supposed to look for another church until you find a church that says, oh, God's happy with you. Come as you are. God says come as you are, but God never leaves you the way you come. He changes you. Do you understand what I'm telling you? He changes you. Listen to me. He didn't want to know me when I was in the world. I was a bad man. But I thank God he found me. I thank God. Sometimes I look at old pictures where I was a young man, no beard, too cool for school. Yes, I saw a picture the other day. I had a wife beater on with a gold chain. And my arms was as thick as my wrist. My hair, my hair would gelled in all sorts of directions. I had a short pants on. My socks came up to here. <laughs> so there was, in between my knee or my pants and my socks, it was this size. And with overgrown shoes. And I was just a man. I was just a guy. Yee! We like to party. I look at myself, I said, you fool. I said, who's this man? I said, that's not Vessel. That's a dead man. That man no longer lives. That man no longer lives and I can tell you this right now if I look back at my life if I look back at my life right now I'm so thankful for his mercy I'm so thankful when everybody wrote me off that his mercy grabbed a hold of my life and said I'm going to make something of you there's so many times that I've cried before God that I said Lord how could you forgive me for all the wrong that I've done because I can't believe that it was every time in my life that I had to hurt him. I, I, I want to be the first in this church to tell you right now. You will, you will never see me as a preacher being part of this world. I would rather be misunderstood, spoken wrongly about, lied about, gossiped about. I don't do all that. But you will not find me being part of this world. I am an ambassador. And I'm here telling you, on the earth as it is in heaven, His will there is His will for you here right now. And as long as you are here, I can tell you this for sure. You will get angry at me. You'll feel a fire underneath your chair. But one thing I can guarantee you, you'll always hear the truth. If God was not into prosperity, I would have been the first to say it's a lie. But I can't find in one portion of scripture, not once, where a righteous man was poor, forsaken. Have you noticed this? I'm going to get you out before five. I feel like preaching here. How many of you noticed when God asked Noah to build an ark? He didn't say, Lord, 
I have a budget. No budget. He didn't ask, where will the wood come from? He knew he's in covenant. And because he's in covenant, everything that is needed shall be provided. Let me speak to you right now. I declare in the name of Jesus to the faithful that everything you need shall be provided. Before I'm going to make this declaration, just hear me. I, hear, I heard a preacher say says this. He says he sat next to a preacher the one day in a conference. The preacher grabbed this preacher I'm speaking to you about. So let's say Joe and Pete. Pete grabbed Joe and Pete says, you won't believe it. God gave me a jet. I can now fly the world over. And, and, and Joe grabs Pete and he says, you know, I would do anything for a jet. I need a jet. I've traveled, you know, I, I travel so far and I get home. I have to change and then get into another commercial flight again. And he says, the Holy Spirit says, this is a righteous man. He says he jumped up, he ran towards his suitcase. He said to Pete, wait here. Ran towards his suitcase. He grabbed all the cash he could, he could find. Ran back to Pete. He says, here's the money. Pete says, what's this? I don't want your money. He says, shut up. I want everything that you've got on your life. He says, 14 days passed. He says, his secretary called him. She says, there's a, there's a guy in Orlando. He's looking for you urgently. You have to call him. So he calls this man. This man says to, to Joe, Joe, 14 days ago, God spoke to me and my wife and says, you need a Learjet. We are giving you your own jet. Gave him the jet. Now, what God has done for one, I, I, I declare in the name of Jesus, what God has done for Abraham, he will do for you. He will do for your generation. He will do for your children, for your children's children. Come on, I declare it. The same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is your God. And He will do it for you supernaturally. Come on, I want you to declare with me right now. From this morning onwards, His will in heaven is His will for me on the earth. I will no longer walk in defeat. I will no longer walk in fear. In heaven, there's only joy. I choose joy. Come on, declare with me. I don't care what's going on in this world. It cannot steal my salvation. I choose the joy of the Lord. If you get bad news, choose the joy of the Lord. There's no bad news in heaven. If you're standing here, lift, lift your hands to heaven and hear me. Doesn't matter what you feel like is lost in your life. In heaven, there's no lost. There's no lost in heaven. So in this moment, in this hour, declare with me that I'm an ambassador of heaven. In this life, there's no loss. I can't lose nothing because it's not mine. The money that you've lost, don't consider it lost. It's not yours. It belongs to the king. Your life is not yours. It belongs to the king. Every eye is closed, every hand is lifted. Hear me. It's time to make up your mind. You are only as powerful as what you think. Your thought life must change drastically. You have to declare this with me right now. He's the kingdom of heaven. It's what I'm walking into. I'm not waiting until I get there to experience it. I'm experiencing it right now. Father, Anything and everything we need.
to fulfill our purpose on this earth is at our disposal. Therefore, we declare in the name of Jesus, we command the angels of God to go forth and bring forth our breakthrough. Lord, your word says in heaven, we will walk on gold. Therefore, Lord, if we need gold on the earth, I call forth gold, come forth now in the name of Jesus. In heaven there's wealth, but your word says your will in heaven, the same on the earth. So I declare wealth over the faithful right now. Come on, I want you to declare with your spouse. If your spouse is not, you declare this over your life. I declare well for me in my house. I declare the hand of God upon my life. I make up my mind from this moment onwards. I will not settle for sickness. I will not settle for disease. I walk in the abundance of the Lord. I'm an ambassador. Lord, you even call me a king. King's decrees. You shall also decree a thing. It shall be established. I decree in the name of Jesus that every sickness under the sound of my voice vanishes right now in the name of Jesus. I decree every burden lifted. Your word says, the government shall be upon your shoulders. So I declare this government of God enforced in my life in the name of Jesus. Your government enforced in my children's life. Some of you in this building needs to ask the Lord to forgive you for believing small. Forgive me, Lord, for thinking that you are not able for trying to figure it out, for trying to work it out. Your word says the just, they walk by faith. Now money, hear me, you have no authority over people. Lord, set them free from the mindset of mammon. Let them realize that money is only a tool, but it belongs to the king. If God prospers them, let them always remember you. In the name of Jesus. I give you the glory. I give you the praise. I give you the adoration. Worthy is your name, Lord. Worthy is your name. Come on, just in a minute, just lift your hands to heaven. I'm here. Burdens is being removed right now. Would you just exchange your yoke for his yoke? Say, Lord, here's my life. I give it to you. Right now, as, as they sing in the background, hear me, every eye closed. I want to give you an opportunity very quickly. For those who has come to church this morning, three groups of people I want to speak to. Number one, Vessel, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I want to make my life right with Him. I want to be born again. Second group of people, it's people that come here that you say, I know the Lord, but I'm lukewarm. I need to be on fire. I don't want God to vomit me from his mouth. Third group of people, I want to make sure today that I'm saved. If you are one of them, I want you to come out as we sing this song. I would like to pray over you. Number one that says, I want to accept Jesus Christ publicly. If you deny him before man, he will deny you before his father. 
Secondly, people that says, Vessel, I know the Lord, but I've went off course. My life is a mess. Number three, people that says, I want to make sure if my life is required of me right now, that I'll, I'll be in eternity with Christ. Quickly come out. Come on, and we continue to sing. Don't be afraid. Don't be shy. This is an eternity matter. Come on, everything you got. With the heart of thanksgiving. With the heart of thanksgiving. Come on, church, sing as they come out. Sing as they come out. Come on, these, these are people that says, I want to say yes to the Lord this morning. Maybe you said here, you are, you're having an addiction. Maybe it's a porn addiction, whatever. Drug addiction. Jesus can save you right now. Don't gamble with eternity. You don't have to go to hell. You can be saved. If you know somebody that you brought to church, come with them. If they're too, too shy to come out, bring them. But let's populate heaven this morning. Can I ask these people to come as close as you can to the, to the stage? Please come as close. Let's make space. Come on, sir. You and your seat. You know God is calling you. Come on, ma'am. You know God is calling you by your name this morning. Let's lift our hands to heaven right now, all across this place. I will bless thee. Let's go over to and hold the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus oh the blood of Jesus it washes white I want I want everybody close your eyes for a second and lift your hands I want you to hear me it is a fact that each one of us will give accountability for our lives, each one of us. The Bible says in that day, you'll give accountability for every word that you spoke and every thought that you had. You'll give accountability for what you've done with your time, with the resources that God has given you. You'll give accountability for what child you were, how you've honored your parents. Doesn't matter how old your parents are, doesn't matter how old you are, how have you honored your parents. What husband were you to your wife? What wife were you to your husband? What father were you to your children? What, what wife were you? To, what mother have you been to your children? It's a day of accountability. The scripture says that we that is saved will stand at the mercy seat of Christ, but still our work shall be tested through fire. And anything that is not worthy shall be burned up. You don't want to stand before God with empty hands. You want to be able to hear the word, well done. Good and faithful servant. I want to speak to every single one, understand my voice. This prayer is not something that we pray from our mouths. It's a prayer from our hearts. Because 
Salvation and repentance is not just something that you say, it's something that you do. There's a change of life. God changes your heart. You've got a whole change in your heart. This is why Jesus says you must be born again. When we pray, something is going to happen. Your old life will be done. And the Bible says Jesus never thinks about what you've done in your past ever again. But you have a responsibility to serve the Lord from this day. That responsibility does not fall on the church. If the church has services, the sheep needs to show up for the feeding. You have a responsibility to bring your children to church. You have a responsibility to serve the Lord in your, in your house, at your workplace. Today, He's not just going to become your Savior. He's becoming your Lord. It means simply this. Your will, your rule, your law, your commandments for my life. No longer for myself. And when you are saved, you have to rekindle that fire. There's no time for being lukewarm. I'm, I'm telling you this. Jesus is coming back, church. You might be going to bed tonight and suddenly, bang, your children is gone. Small kids, gone. Rapture has taken place. And you've missed the mark. Today is the day of salvation. I want to give a second or two. If there's any more people in your seat, don't say, Bessel, I can get saved over there. No, you've, if you are shy and deny the Lord publicly, He will deny you publicly. That's what the Scripture says. We come out as a testimony for the angels, as a witness to the angels, that look what the gospel has done. Now, Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that this will be something from their hearts. And I want you in the front and those in your seats to pray this prayer with me. I want you to say this from the deepest of your heart. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. This morning, I confess with my mouth that I am a sinner and I fall short of your glory. Lord Jesus, I believe with all of my heart that you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sin and my sickness. I believe on the third day you rose from the dead. I believe you are alive right now. I accept you publicly. As my personal Lord and my Savior, I ask you, wash me with your blood. Remove my sin as far as the west is from the east. Make me new. I want to be born again. Fill me with your spirit. And I pray this morning, write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I promise you, from this moment, I will serve no foreign gods. You are my God. You are my Lord. You are my all. I give you my life. Take it and do whatever you want to do. I thank you right now that you purchased me. You purchased my salvation. I thank you right now that I am born again. And Lord that I will see you very soon. 
face to face. Now, Father, I thank you for this moment. The only thing, Lord, that we can take to heaven with us is people. First of all, I want to thank you for calling me into ministry to preach this gospel. Lord, that you've moved people. Your, your word says, no man can come unless he's been drawn. You drew these people through this message this morning. I thank you for drawing them. I thank you, Lord, for your blood that I see flow today. Your blood speaks. Lord, when I see these people standing in front of me, I remember the day of my salvation. Thank you, thank you, thank you. With a heart of thanksgiving, I bless you right now, my Lord. And I ask your Holy Spirit to seal them, protect them. Let no man pluck them out of your hand. I thank you, Lord, that you will put in their bellies a fire for the word, for the word of God. Put in their bellies a fire for prayer, for seeking your face. In Jesus' name. And now, Lord, my final prayer is that this week they will start to see the atmosphere of heaven moving into their lives, moving into their situations. Lift your hands and receive this all across this place. This week, I'm going to see the atmosphere of heaven moving into my, moving into my life, moving into my business, moving into my marriage. His will in the heaven is His perfect will for me on the earth. No more struggle, no more lack, no more burdens, no more sickness, no more worry. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I am blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. Come on, I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed coming in. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. I'm an army.